to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me again after a week's break, which was my fault, and I'll explain in a minute. It's Matt! Hey, you mate. Do, do we have to talk about Spurs today? Would you no. change the subject? No, we can talk about all sorts. I'm going to start Please. talking about the weather, okay. which is a very British podcast thing to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, our, our show got cancelled last week, and so the reason why it got cancelled is my uh, power got knocked out in the storm. So, I messaged you the night before, I think you're basically saying that my power's going on and off like crazy... Um, we may have to reconsider it. We'll see how things are in the morning. Well, it was just off for like six hours. By the time it come back on, you were at work. Yeah, so it was, it was like you know what we got. We've lost two games on the banks. We got Man City next. We're gonna get destroyed. Um, so let's just leave it till next week, and then we'll have the depression podcast next week. Mm. As it was, of course, we then beat Man City, which is insane. Um, but nonetheless, it, it was cancelled because of that. So. I didn't really think this through, but when I put the notice up on Facebook, like, oh, you know, it's been cancelled because of the weather, that was me done. I kind of moved on with my day. And I look back later on, and I've got emails, I've got messages, and comments on the Facebook post, just like, why do you record outside? You record and I was like, outside. It's like, oh, you bunch of sarcastic. No, <laughs> clearly it's because I don't have power. I need electricity. It's like, oh, wow. You could tell Matt works on the railways. Leaves on the line. Everything's cancelled. I'm like, all right, you're a bunch of... But I mean, like, you were, you were working, and because of all the disruption, you were working till ridiculously late as well. It was just oh. like, you know what? We can't do it this week. It happens, and I'm sorry, but yeah, man, did I get abuse. <laughs> oh, do you know what? If it's any consolation, because that, 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 I think it was the, the day before, the Wednesday, that yeah. uh, you was messaging me and saying, I'm, I've got no power. Yeah. And, and I think it took me about four hours to reply to you. And the reason being is, I, mm. oh, so I work in London, and about... Uh, maybe about half past five. Yeah. Uh, there was a free because the main weather kind of hit on the Thursday, didn't it? But yeah, on it did, yeah. on the Wednesday, uh, it was getting up freak weather kind of phenomenon all over the country, and one just took a power line out, and it unfortunately yeah. was the main power line into London, into the station I work. <laughs> so there was no trains literally until the end of service. So from five <laughs> o'clock, you imagine the peak, there's no trains, yeah. right? Yeah. So we couldn't get any replacement buses. All we could do was get replacement taxis. And so we ordered 150 taxis and they very, very, very slowly started coming along. And when I say slowly, I mean one every 25 minutes. Now, can you imagine the build up of people wanting to get home and it's one taxi every 25 minutes, right? So suddenly they started appearing. But then about 10 o'clock, where I work, there's another railway uh, network and and a guy decided to jump on top of the train on that railway network. So that took them out. And (laughs) instead of... um, Instead of just dealing with their own passengers, because like in our station, there's a few different networks, different railway uh, companies. Yeah, of course, Instead yeah. of just dealing with their passengers, they just literally shut their shutters and said, not interested. So then we had to deal with them. So I had people wanting to get away to Leicester, to Nottingham. Mm. I had this poor young girl of about 16, 17, just in absolute fits of hysterics because she didn't know how she was going to get home. So I was trying to get those guys home, trying to yeah. get everyone else home. And it got to about half past one. And my manager's like, just jump in a taxi and go home. And I didn't get home to about three o'clock that morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we couldn't record. So yeah, back off. Back <laughs> the off, weather back was off. disrupted. Do, do, you know, do you know what? I uh, the, we did get a power cut. Funny enough, the next day on the Thursday yeah. here at home, and yeah. um, 
so the power went about four o'clock and then my wife was like let me have a look on the because you can check on the power company can't you yeah, yeah the apps so, and yeah that's right yeah. so it said that it probably wasn't going to be back they, they originally said half seven in the evening and they said oh it's not probably back till midday the next day so all our phone batteries were dying you know it's the 21st century now yeah, isn't it you know yeah. how do how did people ever live without electricity i don't know you know Can't remember. yeah so <laughs> so in with the, like the 11 percent battery i had left vicky was like book a hotel book a travel lodge right so we oh, booked wow. so we booked the travel lodge uh, around the corner to us and the kids, as you can imagine, were absolutely yeah. buzzing. This is like even oh, yeah, that's a holiday at home. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's literally like the next town along, but they're just like <laughs> it's a holiday for them. So everyone's got we're getting packed in the dark. We're holding our candles, you know. Power and... come on. <laughs> just yeah. as you're about to leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, my uh, my my late grandmother had a thing. It's like, how do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it was cool yeah. between do we do we just well, there's no point going, but the kids no. were were so so distraught, and in the end we're yeah. just like we can't. There's no point. We've got mm. our electricity back, you know. But it was about an hour of them both just crying, crying tears of sadness for about an hour. <laughs> they're there trying to work out how to pull the fuses on yeah, the house. Oh, the power's gone again. Off we go. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, so that was why last week was cancelled. That's why we're back this week. Um, obviously, there's loads to talk about in regards to Tottenham. But, it, mate, can you remember the last time we had a boring week? I, I can't remember the last time we had a happy week. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, but kind of key, I mean, like, genuinely, like, because there's always something, like, and I can't, I genuinely think the last time we were a boring, in in air quotes, was Pochettino was yeah. in charge, and, like, every, you know, even when we lost, it was kind of like, oh, you know, but the team played well, you know, you'll, we'll bounce back. And we did. And we did, yeah. and, and it's kind of like, now, it seems it's like Jose came in and just, it was just, every week was... Oh, he's now said this about this player, or this has now happened. This has now happened, and then Nuno and everything like the manager's search was like insane, and it just feels like every week when I sit down because I do like a little bullet points thing, like okay, these are the things we should cover, and like this week I sat down and looked at him and went, I'd give anything to have a week that was just like we played a game, it was all right, yeah, even a draw. Do you know what I mean? So I got I got one for you, Sam. So after that crazy, I know you'll probably talk about it, but after that crazy press conference after the Burnley game, I want to ask you who you thought had the biggest smile on their face. Was it Nuno or was it Jose? Oh, after after Conte had that. I, I think it was several journalists more than them because Jose appears to be having his own meltdown over in Rome right now, which is which is hilarious. Um, yeah, oh, oh yeah, absolute mental. Um, but yeah, so before we dive into that, because obviously there is so much to talk about with regards to Tottenham, it is absolutely insane <laughs> that this club just keeps giving us these topics every week. Um, but I do want to. I, I think it's kind of like moral responsibility as a human on this planet to bring up what's going on in the Ukraine right now. Um, I think I can safely say faults are with everybody there uh, and I just wish there was something that any of us could do to stop it. And this isn't a anti-Russian people or anything like that. Just, just stop. It just I wish it could stop. Um, one of the great things about doing this podcast that I've loved is the fact that we get to interact with Tottenham fans all around the world. Because this podcast goes every corner. 
And because of that, a lot of official Tottenham supporters groups have picked up the podcast and listened to it and message us uh, via Facebook, Instagram, and over time have, have come to email me on a pretty regular basis, and I've loved that. Um, Matt, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, because you don't look at the... <laughs> I'm a bit nerdy about the demographics, you know, like, oh, look, two women now listen to us every week. Yay, you know. <laughs> uh, we have uh, five listeners who've listened to every show for the last season and a bit in the Ukraine. Uh, these listeners uh, have part of uh, Spurs fan group. Uh, they're not an official fan group yet. They were trying to become an official fan group. So they actually are currently a part of Russia Spurs because they have family who are in Russia. And so together, um, they, they've been in touch. I've been contacted. Um, basically, just that they are still together. They are still very much friends they are still very much Tottenham fans and from both sides they just wish this was not happening um, and I think it's an important message for everyone to, to hear that really um, and it's also just really uh, great for us to hear from everybody you know wherever you are in the world get in touch because it's always nice but right now I, th I think all of us <laughs> football's put in a sharp perspective I know we're about to dive into it because this is a Tottenham podcast but football and the, the 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 dramatics and the anger and the hurt we feel over football really does get put in perspective when we're watching what's happening right now of course yeah and, and you know I look I look at the looks at the news this morning and they were saying that it's it's taken them longer I think than than, than Putin thought it was going to take yeah. and he's saying yeah. he's like lost 450 yeah, so yeah, already, it's like yeah. 450 people have just needlessly mm -hmm. died yeah, I can't. Yeah. Well, look, I, I don't want to. I, I, honestly, I don't want to get all John Lennon and hippieish about it. But mm. come on, like you know, for, just for just to massage someone's ego, you know. Honestly, I, why can't we just live in a peaceful world? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There is yeah. no need for it, is there? There's no need for it. There, <laughs> there isn't, and and it's 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 a very difficult thing for us to comprehend the mm. mentality. And if if we could, we'd probably be very different people. So, so we won't dive into it, but we will just say like our thoughts and yeah. hopes for that to be resolved as quickly as possible and for everyone there and if you are i mean i really expect you are far <laughs> too busy to be listening to the tottenham podcast out there but for the people who do listen to on a regular basis if you ever do come back to this show or maybe if you do listen now uh, i know sending one of my pet hates is like something happens around the world and all these people go oh thoughts and prayers i'm like yeah that's what they need <laughs> no i know you need something else but it's all i can do from here all i can do is just say i'm thinking of you and and please let this end soon yeah yeah absolutely um so that being said we will you know like i said go into tottenham now talking about football uh but <laughs> like i said let's put it in the proper perspective but let's talk about the fact that we did go and beat man city let's start there um i <clears throat> one of the things that Someone once said to me, and this is going to be X-rated, by the way, so if you're under 18, stop listening for 30 seconds. Someone once said to me that supporting Tottenham Hotspur was like getting the best blowjob in your life whilst also being punched in the nuts. <laughs> and I think that analogy is so perfect. Because how in the hell can we go from losing at home to Southampton in Wolves with abject performances, the team looking disinterested, disorganised and genuinely a mess... To going to Manchester City, and regardless of the narrative a few people wanted to push, absolutely boss them in that game. 
which even under Jose's smashing grab, even when Pochettino used to go toe-to-toe with him, this was on a par. This, this was really, really phenomenal performance. And we deserved that win. Something really quite beautiful about winning it in the dying minutes, as always. Um, Man City thought they got their VAR re- revenge on us, with a goal being chalked out for us and a penalty being given to them. They must have been thinking, oh, yeah. about time, Can't you know. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, and, and we still won it. Um, our new signing, Kulazewski, who up to this point, we've all kind of looked at and gone, oh, he doesn't quite look up to the pace. And then in this game, the guy came alive. A score in one, assist in another. Uh, Sonny and Kane combined again like days of old. Sonny just terrorises Man City. They hate that guy. Yeah. I mean, they must hate him. Uh, but he just seems to go up a level against them. And Harry Kane, to me, looked like he walked onto that pitch and went, right, so you'll spend $100 million on Jack Grealish. Fair enough. Mm. Let me let me show you Let me show you what you should have spent your money on. Yeah. Um, now, I know that's not great for us as Tottenham fans, but he did really go up four gears for this game. <laughs> he, he wanted it. Um, and, and he was phenomenal. He really was. Everything he did in that game was phenomenal. I thought the whole team played well. I think the only reason why Man City got the goals they did were errors. You know, the penalty. I can't really blame him for that penalty. I think his hand was going up. He was sliding across to block it. It's one of those. It's like, oh, that's annoying. <laughs> also balance as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got really difficult. Yeah. Um, so it is a penalty, but it is annoying. You know, it's like, oh, damn it. That's really unfortunate. Um, I also love the guy's passion. Apparently the first thing he did after the game was just went and like, hugged Harry Kane and said, thank you. I, I was blaming my, you know, yeah. thank you so much for getting that winner. I was yeah. so angry at myself. Uh, and obviously, Lloris made an error, um, which, uh, when that guy makes errors, he does them in batches. Anyone else ever notice that? It's like, he will be sublime for months and months and months, and then he'll have two to three games on the banks where it's like, slippery gloves have been put on or yeah, something. Yeah. But it happens, you know, it happens to the absolute best players in the world. But the thing that I like about Lloris, and the thing that I think sets him apart from other keepers, is he will make a mistake like that. But then you'll also make a save within minutes of it, which was phenomenal. And he did. He saved from Gundaland. I'm oh, possibly yeah. saying that, that wrong. That save. He that... had no right no. saving that. And he, he led there after. I swear he like almost put his back out to stretch to get it. He just led there like, ow. Yeah. <laughs> it was it not. Was... It was, like, it was, he, like you were saying, he had no right no. to save that. No right at all. But. <laughs> It seems like because we all make mistakes, you know, and he's a professional athlete, but his recovery mentally to block that out and then go on to play the game he did it is next level. I mean, it is something, something for us all to, to marvel at, really. It's not a coincidence he's, he's a World Cup winning captain, is no, it? I mean, no, that's no coincidence, not, you know, is the, it? The guy, you know. professional, um, professional, phenomenal player who was. By the time his contract expires, would have been at the club a long time, you know, well over a decade. That doesn't happen really in the modern game. No. Um, especially when you consider how, you know, trophy laden we've been in that time and he's oh. been one of the best keepers in Europe, without a doubt, for a long period. It's phenomenal. And I think we all, you know, obviously made mistakes in that time. He, you know, definitely should have got a taxi that night. But he's for as a servant as a football club phenomenal um and and he deserved all the praise he got after that um when that game finished a mate of mine messaged me and said um he said i've just put 10 pound on burnley beating us one nil okay and i was like what and he went 
come on, think about it. He said, we're Tottenham. We've just beaten Man City at Man City. What is the most Tottenham result you can think of happening next? I was like, well, yeah, losing 1-0 to Burnley. He's like, yep. He said, I'm convinced. I said, what odds did you get? He's like, oh, 8 to 1. Bad so, 80 quid, yeah. is it? Yeah, <laughs> bastard. Yeah. So he's, he's a proper dire Tottenham fan as well. He's got like he's as tattooed as you with all things Tottenham, and he just he just messaged me after the result. He went. He said, "I still feel crap." He said, "I did it totally tongue in cheek and thinking, oh, if I do it, that definitely won't happen." Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, "I know, I know why you did it." But so you go from the sublime, right? You go from that performance, and you go from that, and like I said, the most Tottenham thing ever is we then go to Burnley. And we don't play. We don't show up. It's like Wolves in Southampton all over again. Do you know? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch the game. Um, I, I was working. You lucky bastard. Yeah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> but I. So I take it you did watch it. I did. No, I watched the first thirty-eight minutes, and then I watched all of the second half because at one point the uh, ability for me to watch it uh, disappeared. On okay. Me. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No more sin. So yeah. I. I as far as I don't see, I didn't see it right. But I'm looking at the, the comments on 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 the um, on our Facebook page after yeah. the result. Someone said that we 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 had loads of chances, but we just yeah, couldn't we convert did. them. So I I look looking at it, it looks like I know obviously it's Sean Dyche, but it looks like a typical Sam Allardyce masterclass. You know that kind of that Bolton way yeah. they used to play. You know and digging and and just. And then hope to catch the other team on the break with a with a free kick, and that is exactly what they did. They did it was they they had that game plan and it worked perfectly, didn't it? But yeah. was was it just down to poor finishing I, or like was we just unlucky? I, I see. Here's here's the thing, and I, I think perhaps you not watching it, you'll be able to see this better than I can. Okay. Because I've had a few days now, you know. I think this is quite beneficial. We're recording this a day late this week, so the game was Wednesday night. I think if we'd recorded it the next day, my tone would have basically have been of "We're done. <laughs> this is stupid. Liquidate the club. <laughs> Sell the stadium for profits. <laughs> Give all the fans a bit of cash, and let's all pick a new club. You <laughs> bastards. You know, <laughs> I, I was I was done. <laughs> but but I've had that day, and I, I think in isolation. This result is a Premier League result. This is a any team, no matter how good they are, Liverpool, Man City, us, no matter how consistent they are, can go to Burnley in the pouring rain. And I mean so pouring, the cameras were struggling. You know what I mean? It was mm. pouring rain Cold. on a Wednesday night and lose 1-0 to Burnley. That is not, that's like going to Stoke in Luke. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like that is a Premier League result that can happen to any team. And in isolation... Given the chances we had, I think we hit the bar, the post, uh, two really good saves, and then they went and scored, and that was it. You know, they basically then went to a formation of 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is what they were going to do. But after after the game, if it was purely in isolation, so let's say we beat Southampton, we beat Wolves, we then went and beat Man City, and then this happened, we'd all laugh. Yeah, genuinely, I think the reaction would have been, I can't believe we've done that. I mean, how, how Tottenham, Spursy, blah, 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 blah. It would have just been an isolated result that all of us could have just gone, do you know what, throw that away. That happens. Windy, rainy night in Burnley. That's what happens. But the problem is, and it's the reason why I'm struggling to see that, is because I did watch the Southampton game. I did watch the Wolves game. And I did watch the Burnley game. And it feels to me like there is this issue in this squad where they can get motivated to play Man City 
but they can't get motivated to play teams that they think in their brains they should beat. And you can't do that in the Premier League. I mean, you can't do that in sports in general. But in the Premier League, every team on any day, if you're not at it, they will beat you. <laughs> and it's, it's the joy and the annoying thing about our league. It really is. The bottom club could beat the top club, and we all know it. That's what makes it nuts. But it is so, so frustrating that we watch these players play against Man City, who were good, by the way. Man City were not off. Listen to Pep Guardiola after the game. He was like, it was a great game of football. Tottenham deserved the win. We played our best out there, and sometimes that's this is how football works. You know, if Pep says that, who generally moans like a you know yeah. <laughs> after losing... You know that it was a great game of football that two teams went out to win and on the day we beat them. So how can you go from that and performance at that level but then you know, sandwiched around that? Because we lost to Chelsea. I don't think we played badly against Chelsea. I think Chelsea were just the better team in that game. Talking about just the league game for a moment. I thought we played well but Chelsea were just the better team and that can happen. I think against Man City we played well and on the day... We were the better team. But against Southampton, I think that was just a really poor performance. Against Wolves, it was even worse. And against Burnley, when you put it in when you put it with those, it feels like a pattern. Now, like like I said, on its own in isolation you could throw it away, but because of the pattern that's now there, it it feels like there's something wrong. Does that make sense? So here's a million dollar I'm looking for. Here's it? a million dollar question, Sam. What is yeah. wrong? <laughs> oh, mate. Do you know what's really funny? Right? Me and you don't rehearse or anything before we do these, and I don't even send you the bullet points anymore that I've got. But literally, I've written, talk about Bernie, talk about is there a problem? Question mark. And underneath, what is the problem? Question mark. And as I'm about to come on to it, you've just asked like, ah, oh, perfection. You, you, you the man. <laughs> Um, I I got my my first theory is what I just said then, which is it is a motivational issue where we have a squad of players who believe they're better than they are. But that that can't be with Conte in charge. That can't be the case because well, we say that. But let's let's sort of think about it for a moment. It is the the same nucleus, the same build up to the most sense to the team that went into the Europa Conference League and acted like it was it was beneath them and then got dumped out. Do you know what I mean? It is the same squad of players, by and large, that acted that way this season. Nuno basically lost his job because the vast majority of this squad went, you don't know what you're doing. Uh. <laughs> and just decided, you don't know what you're doing, you're out of your depth here, we're, we're bigger than you, go away. Conte came in and you can see, without any shadow of a doubt, the difference in our team with the sharpness now, the fitness, without a shadow of a doubt, you can see it. They go for minute one to 95 now. Even games they've lost, they're not lagging around like we've seen. You can also see the tactical awareness has improved in so many players. Uh, against Man City, you know, some of those players on that park, it was genuine wow moments of the way they were positioning themselves, the way they were moving, the way they were playing the ball. And against Burnley, like I said, we did create chances. And on that, you know, you take those chances. So that was before Burnley scored. We could have been 2 or 3 nil up. All of a sudden, you've beat Man City away. You've gone to Burnley in awful conditions and won the game well. We're having a very different conversation. Yeah, yeah. 
So I know it's fine margins, but I think perhaps, and so I said the motivation, and you're right, it's like, well, how could you be like that with Conte? How could that still be? Anthony Conte in the post-match press conference, which we're going to talk about in more detail in a moment, but he did say one line, which not many picked up on because everything else he said was so much more, oh my God. Mm. (laughs) But what he said was, this club keeps having the same players. Different managers, but the same players, and they keep getting the same types of results. Is there any wonder? Yeah. He kind of just said what so many fans were saying. I mean, Dan, who's on the podcast with us, also known as Polynesian Dan, um, he has said for so long, basically rip the squad up. <laughs> I mean, every window, we have our conversations out, like, oh, who would we sell? Who would we buy? Yeah. Dan just basically chucks down the squad list and goes, shift that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and buy other players. Um, but I don't, I, I don't think in the real world you can do that in a window. I think the business we did in the January window was the most comprehensive changes to our squad we've done in quite some time. Because to allow Tangi to go, Geo to go, Delhi to go, when you consider the kind of sell value, if you like, um, that Levy would care about so much, for a Paratici to authorise them just to get out the hell out of the squad shows that they are backing the manager in the sense... I know we would all like to foregone four in. Uh, Conti made that clear himself. But they have backed him. And I think the two that have come in have come in and hit the ground running. Yeah. I thought Bentacor has looked great. I think Kulu looked a bit off it, but then against Man City came on. And against Burnley was great, by the way. In really crap conditions, mm. he looked good. You know, a fair few people. In the opening 10 to 15 minutes of that game, everyone was watching it thinking, yeah, this looks good. This, you know, we're actually doing well here. And then, you know, shit in a fan. So, it's difficult. Because, it, it, like I said, isolation, you could just throw it away. The, the fact that it's four defeats in the last five league games is not acceptable. And that brings me quite nicely to Anthony Conte, Antonio Conte calling it unacceptable. His post-match press conference was the last thing I needed <laughs> after that game. Um, I I walked away from it and just went, oh, man, I can't have the same conversation. I'm on Twitter and I know what happened. The full-time whistle's gone. There'll be four or five people calling out four or five different players that are not good enough. That's that's the one. That's the thing. That's the, what everyone likes standard, to say. Standard, standard. Standard yep. practice. Yep. And then you get the new signing digs of, oh, we've signed crap again. It's like, mm, yeah, last, you know, three days ago, genius. Today, crap. Yep, yep, yeah, work yep. that one out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, I can't. I've got to walk away. So I walked away from it and just thought, oh, leave that. About half hour, I get a message from my brother. Oh, dear, I think he's going to quit. <laughs> me, being me, who, Boris. <laughs> oh, we should think it, mate, that one. Yeah, result, yeah. <laughs> and and um, I get back, no, Conte. I'm like, what? I, of course, then check my Twitter feed, and it is everywhere. He has completely had a meltdown, basically, um, where he's questioned, is he good enough? Because clearly he's not good enough. Clearly he needs to talk to the chairman. Uh, I think the line that everybody grabbed hold of was, I could easily just shut my eyes and collect my money until the end of the season, but that's not me. I came here to win. Clearly what I'm doing, perhaps I'm not the right fit for this club. I need to speak to Daniel Levy. When you say something like that in a press conference... 
there's not much grey area there, is there? That yeah. is basically you saying, this isn't working out. I don't think I'm the right person for this. I need to speak to my boss because clearly, clearly these players, whoever, don't respect me as the manager. I'm, I'm done. I, I, I genuinely was kept checking Twitter because I was thinking at some point I'm going to read hearing rumours that Conte's gone. Do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see this from some journalist that's going to confirm this. And I kept checking it, kept checking it, and I didn't sleep very well. Instead, I got Russia have invaded the Ukraine, which infinitely put me back in my world perspective of what was important and what wasn't. But I, I just genuinely thought that's what was going to happen. Now, whilst we are recording, there is a press conference going on with Antonio Conte looking ahead to the Leeds game on Saturday. Anthony Conte has just said this in the press conference. Um, when I lose, if you expect that I'm going to come in here and be happy or to come to a press conference and laugh, I am not this person. I am sorry if I show my disappointment because maybe it would be better for me to keep it inside. I'm a very emotional person. Um, I would like to say again, our chairman Daniel Levy knows very well I'm here to help the club and we will help the club until the end. This is the reality. He knows this and he knows that we are working very hard. Um, yeah, uh, further, when you lose a game, I'm not the person to go and have dinner with. <laughs> yeah. I am a very, very bad person. I'm in a very, very bad mood. I prefer to be alone and let it all sink in. For sure, me coming to see the press after a defeat, never good. <laughs> he's basically apologised and pointed out which I think a lot of us already knew this guy wears his heart absolutely on on the sleeve oh completely and... that that reaction when we scored that last minute winner against City yeah. I, I, that was more enjoyable than the goal watching the goal don't yeah. you think I could just I, I yeah. just got more joy from watching Conte's reaction yeah Conte Cam was the most viewed thing that day I tell you it was <laughs> nuts um, so can we put it to bed can we can we put that to bed, or is it now a kind of worry over all of our heads that after every game, say say we play Leeds the weekend and we win and we all go, yay, then we play our next game and we lose. Do we then all go, oh, the press conference, <laughs> oh no. It's, it's, you know, it's a really strange situation, isn't it? Because, don't, don't get me wrong, you know, I can see why it's the situation is like it is, because yeah. Conte's one of the, the top managers in the world, so we've yeah. got... We, we, I think it's kind of, I think it's fair to say that where we are right now, we are punching having him, aren't we? I think we are. I think that's fair yeah, to say. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe not so much with the ground and with everything else, but with the squad we've got, the squad, we're, yeah. we're punching definitely. So, for 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 any other manager, if a manager's lost four out of the five league games, it's him. Like the, it's almost like. The, the, like you know this guy not, like a bit like with Nuno when we was losing we're like this guy's just out of his depth blah, blah, blah. Yeah. but with us we're kind of like please don't go <laughs> you know yeah. please don't let go he's got he's completely got the power hasn't he with, with, with us because we know what he's capable of so yeah. we're kind of like we're not looking at it going this manager's not good enough they lost 4 out of 5 no. we're, we're thinking this is a squad and it has to yeah. it's got to be I mean I mean look you know it's we talk about it all the time. The guys, he, he comes with he comes with the reputation. It's not just about what he says; it's about what he's done. I mean, the guy can can walk the walk, can't he? Because yeah. and we're seeing that. You, yeah. you can see the improvements and 
the tactical awareness. I mean, every single football fan can watch a game of football and have difference of opinions on formation, selection, tactics employed in a game. That's that's football. Yeah. That's that's what happens. That's what we do. And he's not immune to that any more than Sir Alex Ferguson was immune to it at Man United. You know, they'd win practically ninety percent of all their games every season. But I bet you their fans were just as oh, he's starting Neville again at right back. Yeah. Why? Yeah. You know, and and that, that, because it's football. That's what we do. That's part of the love of the game. Is the moan. Yeah, <laughs> it, it exactly. Appears. Yeah. Um. So that side of thing, I I kind of park that. I don't really. Look at that and think that's anything. And I do see that about Conti, but I saw that about Pochettino, peak Pochettino. Oh, why is he picking him every week? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing it? Well, we were winning. <laughs> Shut up. Mm. But it's what it is. Now, when it comes to this, though, I'll tell you what I did see, which, you know, you've just pointed out, we're looking at it and going, yeah, you know, he's kind of got the power. But I think this outburst after Burnley, maybe fans aren't as fully team Conti now as they were I think a lot of fan reaction actually was shut up you know we get it It, things are crap and if you want to say all of that say it in the dressing room say it to Daniel Levy but to say it to the press it kind of feels like you're saying I'm bigger than this I'm too good for this and maybe he is but it doesn't feel like a very team thing it feels like me me and them it felt a little bit like I'm Antonio Conte. I am too good for this crap. So you think that's the insight that we got from that press conference? That insight that maybe, like maybe he he kind of apolog he's apologising because mm. you know it wasn't the best of of, um, yeah. of of press conferences. But me, he's kind of almost he's 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 played a card, hasn't he? He's, yeah, he's played me, a card. Me me personally, <clears throat> I felt like. In a professional environment, I don't think he should have said what he said. However, the guy is a fiery Italian. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, he epitomises Italian. He literally <laughs> epitomises that raw emotion. And for him, like he said a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, if you go out and you lose whatever, you're dead to me. Yeah, He's like, right. I, yeah. I am so angry. I'm so. And then he has to recover from that to then go again. That drive, that anger over defeat, that everything like that, that, if translated to a squad, champions makes. Mm. Because you, you use the example of Bayern Munich, and he said Bayern Munich have won practically every game in Germany this season, and then all of a sudden they lost 4-1. Their players talked about their training afterwards that they were angry with each other. They were angry at the defeat. And they've gone on and thumped everybody since then. And it's like, that's what you need. You know, even if you're winning and dominating, one defeat should make you livid. You should hate that feeling so much that you work harder, faster, stronger than everybody else to make sure you never feel it again. And he's trying to instill that. And I think perhaps the Bernie gang was a bubbling over of the frustration you know i'm trying to instill this in this squad why the fuck aren't you listening yeah to me? <laughs> sure yeah it's did you know what and i've said this before but look i, I appreciate this you're, there's very few people in the world that don't like losing right? i appreciate that yeah, it's, yeah, it's, in, yeah, yeah. it's ingrained in all of us funny enough yeah, yeah. Me, me, me and seb were playing uh we played he's got he got fifa 22 for christmas oh, nice. and uh i think i might have said this before that he um it used to be the fact that you know I I kind of just not play very well and 
kind of yeah. maybe hope he'd get a couple of goals. But now, no matter how hard I try, I, I struggle to beat him. But it just so <laughs> happened I was winning. I think I was like winning and saying like 4-2, about 20 minutes to go. Ooh. And he just turned it off. He just turned it off. Oh, and then, wow. And then, and then I just was like, fair enough. I didn't get angry or anything. I was like, all right, oh. then, mate. And then, and then obviously once the regret hit, hit in, he was like, can we play another game? Well, no, I'm not playing you another no, game because no, no, you're going to... No, no. I've, I've won. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, and I'd, I'd like to take this moment to announce my retirement. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he had an utter meltdown as, as you oh, would. Wow, so so yeah. I, I get it. It's, in, it's a human instinct to hate losing, hate like being on the losing side. But I always think that the greatest managers, like the, the ones, the, the, the really massively successful managers we've had in this country, yeah. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, Wenger comes to mind, uh, Mourinho as well, Ferguson. When yeah. they lost a game, they were awful in the press conferences, weren't they? Really yeah, awful. Yeah, do, time, do you yeah. remember that one with Ferguson when he when he told run the reporters? I think he just told him to f off or something. I don't think yeah, he done match a yeah. day for a few years because yeah. no, he refused to speak to the BBC. Yeah. They annoyed him. That was after yeah. a defeat. So I get. Yeah. I, so it's that utter hatred of losing that yeah. almost it's like what you're saying the point you're trying to make use that as as a spurring on to win almost yeah, you know yeah. and and the players know now i mean if they were under any illusions <laughs> that he didn't like losing yeah. they've just watched him go on tv and i mean the guy looked close to tears like he had raw emo- like that yeah. was raw and he was angry at himself at everyone else at the world mm. you know he was angry at anything in that moment especially because like they were trying to talk to him about the game he was like no i don't talk about the game i talk about the whole thing the whole situation and everyone just sat back then and went oh he's gone yeah <laughs> just let him let him yeah. go this is gonna be gold but but you know do you know what though thinking about it i mean i, I remember uh, reading somewhere or seeing something in some meme or something that when, when you when your wife's not nagging at you anymore that means she doesn't yeah. care and it's yeah. and it's and it's like you can kind of use that a, a bit with with Conte, can't you? If he didn't care, it wouldn't yeah. be hurting him so much. Yeah, you know. That's so very true. Uh, that, uh, yeah, that's a very true true way of looking at it. Mm. Um, we do have some questions from fellow Spurs fans from our social media, so we shall head across there now, my friend. Let's go. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Right then. So, you want to go to Facebook or Instagram first? Uh, what did we do last time? <laughs> oh, I can't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> Let's go Facebook first. Okie dokie. Yeah. Facebook opens with Matthew Fleming, who says, What is behind our horrendous inconsistency at the moment? After two losses to Saints and Wolves, we play the game of the season to beat City, and then days later lose to Burnley. Well, funny enough, mate, we just talked about it's that. It's the million-dollar question. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> yeah. um, we all have theories. Um... I don't know. I did see someone the other day, and is, you know, like when people have got so angry over a situation, they've then gone to like minute details. Yeah. You know, they've then decided. One of them said, "Oh, what a surprise! We're like this. They've got cushy lives." working in that beautiful stadium that amazing training ground if they ever need a nap they can go sleep in the five star lodge <laughs> oh take them back he goes take them back to just having a pair of boots they got to clean themselves oh for god's sake and, and, a, and a what was it and a changing room with a cold shower <laughs> that'll sort them out oh yeah well done mate yeah. that really that's, improved the morale wouldn't it that's um that's analysis at the highest level yeah that's uh that's that's uh that that'll do it well done that'll do um, it there you go so 
Matthew, there you go. I've just told you how to fix it. What more do you need? Coal, coal yeah. shells and clean someone's boots. Yeah. yeah. Magic sponge. That thing wasn't magic. It was just a block of ice yeah. with a sponge yeah. that no one wanted to be touched by. But that's, that's... I'll get the sponge. I'll get up. I'll walk it off. Yeah. I'm fine. That's what, it's the, the best way to make it seem like it's going to work is just to call it magic. Yeah, yeah. Magic. <laughs> there you go. It works. Yeah. It's called magic. Right, uh, Ryan, Ryan Miller says, why do you think Rodan isn't getting any starts? I personally quite like him when I've seen him play and would like to see him get a few games over Davies. Uh, do you have an opinion on this? I, I know from what you've said, it's an attitude thing, isn't it? Well, there, there appears to be a running thing about uh, his family, his brother, and tweeting stuff. And uh, The problem is, is you never quite know how true any of this is because... There could be loads of reasons he's not starting from the manager simply looking at him in training going, no, I don't think the balance works with you and the team, all the way to the great unwashed conspiracy theories of, you know, he's taking Daniel Levy's daughter out. You know, it's, just like, <laughs> it's nuts. It's like you, you can go from one end of the spectrum to the other. But the overarching thing I've heard constantly is behind the scenes there is a kind of feeling that he would be better at a different club. Right. Um, for whatever reason that is, it was kind of like he came in. You know, you looked at him scouting, playing. He played a few games, and everyone was like quite impressed. But whether it's around the place, maybe people can't understand him with his Welsh accent. <laughs> I have no idea. But there appears to be something. I mean, for me personally, I've never seen him get a run of games, so it's very difficult yeah. to to make a judgment on him as a player at Premier League level. Um, so yeah. Uh, I, but you know you said that about coming in for Davies I don't think Davies in the three of a back three I mean none of them are infallible obviously but I don't think he's been that bad I don't think it's a case of us screaming oh my god we need to replace him why why not give you know a youth player a chance even mm-hmm. um, but uh, Romero and Dyer I want to see get more games together definitely yeah um, Dyer's think... really improved, hasn't he, under Conte? I think it's his his organiz- You know, he's constantly talking. Yeah, a bit like Danny Rose used to. Danny Rose never used to shut up. You know, he just constant organizing, constantly all the time. And Dyer is a bit like that. Yeah. Um, and I think they need it. I think they need that leadership back there because uh, he makes he does seem to make a real difference. Um, <clears throat> sorry, Tom Perks says. Oh, you'll like this. What is Seb's score prediction for Saturday? I've got my fiver ready. Oh, I need to ask you. Do you know we meant to do that, don't we? Yeah, oh, do, do, yeah. Do you know Seb's, what? Seb's predictions. Oh, bless him. He actually, I think he predicted us, because I, I didn't, have we, we haven't spoken since the Wolves game, have we? No, no. no. We no. So my, my brother took him to the uh, Wolves game, because I couldn't, I couldn't make it because I was working. So um, I felt really sorry for my brother, actually, because he had to come all the way from, um, south end up to where I am like in, in sort of North Hertfordshire yeah. and and then go get a train there pick him up then go down to the game and then all the trains and were delayed that crap yeah it was just it was like four <laughs> hours of chaos yeah, to get my son yeah and it was day. just a nightmare yeah but I think he put a prediction of Spurs winning I think my brother put a pound on and obviously it wasn't wasn't uh, so I no. think Seb's letting us down a little bit so uh, well uh, keep an eye on I'll, that yeah. keep an eye on that <laughs> Marty Ost says, what is the motivation behind Conte's constant chatter? I personally think he should shut the f- up and get on with his job. 
we know things aren't as you'd like them to be. We, we all want more investment, but that isn't going to happen till the summer. My personal opinion is that he's terrified the season will be an abject failure and he'll end up stinking the place out and his stock will fall. So he's getting his excuses in first. See, I, 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 don't, I don't agree with that because how many times have, did me and you say that we just wish wished that Pochettino was more vocal and if Pochettino had been yeah. more vocal then we potentially could have won some trophies because he could have got yeah. some of the signings so I, I like the fact that Conte is very vocal and also look look what, what we've got we've got 14 games left even if we was to like lose 8 and win 6 which would be dreadful we, we'll probably end up like I don't know 7th or 8th so I, I can't yeah. see us I can't see us finishing the top 4 but then <laughs> no yeah it ain't going to happen is it it looks like the freaking Gooners are going to but Look, let's let look, he signed an eighteen month contract, so he's got another season. He's yeah. got the summer window, and I think that's going to be the make or break for him, isn't it? The summer window. Yeah. This is where look, <laughs> it's like me and you, or me anyway. The eternal hope is the hope that kills you. I know, right? I know. But this could, could finally, thirty years later, be yeah. the summer transfer window that Levy says, right, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Don't, don't even say it. Don't even say it. Everyone's laughing already. Don't even say it. Um, the issue, the issue, of course, we've got is by falling so far away, the ability to recruit the top top players has now gone. I don't think though with, with Conte, I don't think that's the case, Sam. I I, I think yeah. that well, look, you, 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 you look, look, look at you look at our existing players. Um, we've got two players on loan who have both got options to make permanent. If we qualify for the Champions League, they could both turn around and prefer to go back to their former clubs, and that is Romero and Bent and um, uh, Kulisevsky. Right. You also got Harry Kane, who's basically said last season he was ready to go, and this season it's kind of like I like Conte, and if we get Champions League, great. But if not, I'm going to push to leave again. But I get the Kane one's different, but the other two they're very young, and also yeah. they're. Conte's going to persuade he will persuade them look if he's going to say to him look hey at the moment it doesn't sound like Conte wants to do yeah no you know, I get just to play just to play devil's, devil's advocate, advocate yeah I get that but look, look let's, let's, let's look at a hypothetical then so we finish 8th for example yeah. at the end of the season which probably so looks really no sick. Europe yeah, yeah no Europe how about you how about Europe right so yeah. you've got Conte there right Conte yeah. is a pull. He's a pull. He is a pull, definitely. Mm, you know, yeah. like you, you look at. Uh, look, I, I appreciate that that um, the Chelsea situation is different because of the fact that Chelsea have like they're far more trophy laden over the last few yeah. years. But when he took over there, they'd finished thirteenth, hadn't they? They were like winning yeah. Europe, winning anything, and he was he brought, he brought brought in Kante, didn't he? he? Brought in some class players, and he won them the league the, the next season. He went from like yeah. where they were from thirty to winning the league. So. I, I know it's the danger of comparing us to Chelsea. I know there's that danger, but I genuinely think that he would have the pull to keep those young players. Maybe not Kane. I mean, Kane might just go fuck this. I just this, nothing's. Yeah. This club is cursed, right? But yeah. that, I think he could genuinely keep those players and get some good quality players to make a real yeah. push. And he would have that pre-season. He would have the whole summer to instil what he's been trying to instil for the last few months. So I'm still hopeful. I know it's the hope that kills you, but I can I can I'm hear that. Still got I can the hope. hear the hope. Hope's still there, I, I, mate. I, I, I don't I don't want to mess with you. I, I feel like I do that enough, and as it is. So uh, Sean Gibbs says, "Why do so many seem interested in fighting? For, what, sorry, why do so many seem uninterested in fighting for the club?" 
How how do you feel at three games in being top of the league? Arsenal, yes, Arsenal were bottom. Now they are playing a great style and seem a challenger for top four, yet we win one game celebrating like we've won the league. Yet our form and performances leave us no better than bottom three. Okay, so let me go through a few things here. Us celebrating the win over Man City is justified. Yes. If you don't enjoy that moment, you don't enjoy that game... No. I don't know why you watch football. No, Sean, I agree. Because that's I, I can't stand that idea of we're crap all the time so we shouldn't celebrate our wins. That's a nonsense. Mm, absolute um, nonsense, yeah. So so we enjoyed that win and we had every right to celebrate it. It was a great win and a great performance. The type of things that I do find baffling is like when Arsenal played really well against Man City for 30-something minutes, lost the game and still celebrated it. That, I think, is batshit. So let's just park that a second. Yeah, at the start of the season, we were top after three games, and they were bottom. We'd won three, they'd lost three. It was three three games. Um, But yeah, it was just three games. Now, Arsenal have come on this season, are playing some great stuff, and have managed to get on a good run. Um, We had the games in hand to go well above them, and we've blown it. But we have got to play them. And we have got other fixtures, and they've got harder fixtures. There is no way at this moment in time you can make a prediction on this final table because as much as we've been donkey for four or five weeks, other teams are winning one, losing one as well. It's yeah. like nobody wants to grab that fourth spot or even third spot. Look at Man United. Everyone's Man, all over the place. Man United's been all over the place. I know why Arsenal have had a bit, of, been a bit of a run, but they've not yeah. had it. They've not been consistent all season, no. have they? No, not at all. And they were lucky to beat Wolves. I mean, really lucky. So... I'm not, yeah, to me, comparison's the FIFA joy. I enjoyed that win over Man City. I did not enjoy the other games. If we constantly compare ourselves to all of our rivals, we're not going to be happy at the moment because we can't be. We're not in a position to be really fighting them. We're not really on their level right now. It is aggravating because we were, and we were so far ahead of some of them. But we are where we are, and I think if we constantly do that to ourselves, we're just going to drive ourselves around the bend. Um, the thing about the Seaman interest, I agree with that, and it is aggravating, because as we talked about it earlier on, what is causing it? Why is it this team can play Man City and play like that, and then play a different game and look shite? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. No. Same players, same personnel, same system, and then go out and just so badly underperform like they don't want to fight it is a motivational issue it's something it is a problem and it needs fixing whatever the hell it is okay so that's facebook heading over to the good people of instagram uh we have a story here from churso who just wants to share this i think it says before covid tottenham versus burnley at the new stadium my son and i got off the train at northumberland park and started the walk down to the stadium we were following four Burnley fans who looked around the delights of Northumberland Park area, the Olive Branch pub, some dodgy grocery shops, etc., and one muttered under his breath in his thick Lancashire accent, Fucking hell, I thought Burnley were a shithole. <laughs> it did make me laugh, and obviously we weren't at the stadium at that point. So there you go, that's a fun story for everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, thanks for sharing that. Diasporian uh, one says, "Do you really believe Conce's days are numbered, or do you think, as I do, that he has never found himself in this type of predicament before, and really just does not know what more to do with these players? I feel he will accept the challenge and will kick on." Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of. 
I was going to say, it's still relatively early days. Relatively early days. I mean, when did he take over? November, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's only been three months, hasn't it? He's only been at the club three months. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, let's yeah, let's let's see. I mean, I think we've already discussed that a lot, so we don't need to say more on that. Uh, next one we have the Mountain Man. Um, still don't have your theme. I feel bad about that now. <laughs> I feel really bad about it. Sorry, sorry, Mountain Man. Here's the Mountain Man. Come down from his mountain. There we go. There you go. Um, would you agree that Conti should have kept his post-Burnley outburst behind closed doors? Yeah, yeah. way. Yeah. I know he is known as a passionate man, but I think this was verging on unprofessional again. Yeah, we kind of touched on that. It was a crap result, but not the end of the world. It feels as if he's destabilising the club at a time when we really need to be sticking together to improve results. Um, I don't think he meant to. I, I understand your point of view, and I'm certainly not going to argue with you, Mountain Man. I mean, jeez, no. you're the size of a mountain. But no, I, I, I don't... My own personal opinion is like Jose does stuff like that. Jose's making manoeuvres. Jose's trying to be clever. I yes. think Conte just generally lost his freaking mind. Yeah, that, that's, I was going to say that. With Jose... Nothing he ever said was everything uh, he said had planned. Yeah, calculated. Yeah. Whereas this was just raw emotion. Look, yeah. you've only you can got, see it on his face. Yeah, look, you've only it, like I said, like I said, I know you said like you know we've spoke about it at length, but you you, you look at um when we lose, look at our Facebook page, look at the the post yeah. like the full time, look at the anger, the outrage. There's just and I bet you any money that in the morning people are still pissed off but they're not feeling that same anger that yeah, they I agree, right? and, yeah. and I think it was in the moment, it's just after the game and, and it's like I said, for me it proves that he cares. It proves that he cares. If he didn't care I think you're if right. he signed you're right. Yeah, if if he was if he was checked out, he would just sit there mm. like you know but but he but but because you had so much pure emotion there it tells yeah. you that he cares. I do think as well, like can you imagine you're you're a member of that squad and you've sort of come away from the game, and you you can't avoid that. That is everywhere. These interviews, every paper, every bit of social media, every news channel is talking about his outburst. And you're sat there waiting for him to arrive at training the next day. What what is going through your head? Kind of like, oh, we're going to be running laps. Uh, <laughs> Just like, <orcs. laughs> oh, we're going to be doing we're going to be doing sprint training for an hour. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, and also vice versa for him. I imagine he's walking into that room like. I am so mad at all of these people. <laughs> I hate every one of them. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, so that's it. That's all the questions. That was all the topics. Big thank you to everyone for for getting involved. I know when things are tough, we, we like take a real dip, nosediving people wanting to interact and stuff. But do get in touch. Um, I'm always happy to have a conversation about Tottenham, no matter what's going on, because you know, that's what I do. And we're even, we're even interested in hearing your really interesting stories about people yeah, coming yeah, down from arriving Burnley. at the stadium yeah definitely yeah <laughs> next time next time we ask for comments just tell us a story i'll, I'll read it out like, doo, 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 doo. There, there we go so we we want we want we want to yeah. we want people to post us or tell us a story, yeah, for, us a story for next week's podcast and if it could yeah. be specifically about a fan that you heard yeah. from another part of the country that would yeah. that would be even better that I you get you that, get yeah. you get bonus points for that you get bonus points, uh, and if it's real, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, just, don't it up. just write some fan fiction. <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum>. <laughs> anyway, uh Anyway, mate, thank you very much for joining me. A big thank you to everybody for listening. Again, our thoughts are with the people of Ukraine right now. You all take care. We'll be back soon. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. 
Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.